Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Danzi. Hi family, welcome back to the Adventist Reflections Podcast. This is a series on practical Christianity about making friends for God. This episode is based on the Sabbath School lesson number three, titled, Seeing People the Way that Jesus Sees Them. Last week, we reflected on being witnesses with an experience. We spoke about keeping things real for ourselves first, so that we bring these to others. Now, let us reflect. Let me ask you a question. What is your potential? What are you capable of doing? What good do you bring to the human race today? Some of you might have heard or even engaged in a group dynamic where you sit down to think about a shipwreck or a plane crash, survivor kind of scenario. The scenario, although with various uh, changes or, or variations, is always the same. There is a group of people, they all have different professions and roles in society, they, they have age differences, also different roles in their families, there are gender differences, and then there is the conundrum. Who will you save? There is either limited oxygen, limited food, not a space in the floating boat for everyone, not a space in a helicopter for all to be rescued. It is always a life and death situation. The bottom line is, who would you save? Let us ask the question in a closer manner. If you were either of these individuals, would you save yourself? Are you worth saving? Maybe you think your profession is well regarded. Maybe you think your gender should prevail and there couldn't be enough of you. Or your personality is so contagious that it's worth keeping you alive. Maybe you consider yourself being so intelligent that it will be a pity for the world to lose your intellect. Maybe your achievements and accolades deserve you to be here so that you can showcase them for the years to come. Let us base our approach on evidence that is based on the life of Christ. In the Bible, in the book of Luke, chapter 23, verses 33 to 49, we have a fascinating story. The story of Jesus Christ being crucified. Jesus is strive for basically relieving the suffering of people. He's been going to court and he's been condemned. He's been condemned for calling out the wrong that other people are doing at the time. For speaking words of hope. It's a sad story, really. It is sad because he was not just tried, but as we mentioned, he was dead sentenced. As he is suffering the worst death of his time, hanging on a wooden cross to which he was brutally nailed, there is this guy. Actually... There are a few guys around him, but this guy in particular. You see, those who deserve the cross, those who deserve dying by crucifixion, have done something quite severe against the Roman Empire or against society. You had the murderers, the thieves, those who basically violated other people's rights. 
For right or for wrong, this was the method used for the worst criminals of their time. Jesus Christ, unjustifiably and unfairly, was condemned and crucified amongst these people. It is under this context that we pick up our story. We read in Luke chapter 23, verses 33 to 43, saying, And when they came to the place which is named Golgotha, they put him, that is Christ, on the cross. And the evildoers, one on the right and one on the left, and Jesus said, Father, let them have forgiveness, for they have no knowledge of what they are doing. What an amazing Savior we have. And they made division of his clothing among them by the decision of chance. And the people were looking on, and the rulers made sports of him. They make fun, saying, He was the Savior of others. Let him do for himself, if he is the Christ, the man of God's selection. And the men of the army made also fun of him, coming to him and giving him bitter wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, get yourself free. And these words were put in writing over him, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the evildoers on the cross with bitter feelings said to him, Are you not the Christ? Get yourself and us out of this. But the other protesting said, Have you no fear of God? For you have a part in the same punishment. And with reason. For we have the right rewarded for our acts. But this man, this man next to us, he has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus Keep me in mind when you come into your kingdom. Jesus responded to him, Truly I said to you today that you will be with me in paradise. Author Mark Finley in the book Making Friends for God shares this idea. When we see people through Jesus' eyes, we see them as winnable for Christ because they were created in his image. Despite the circumstances of their lives, they have an inner desire to know him. This desire was present in the Samaritan woman, the Ethiopian eunuch, the thief on the cross, the Roman centurion, and a host of other New Testament seekers. There is an emptiness of the soul without Christ. There is a barrenness of spirit without Jesus Christ. Life has little real meaning apart from Him. He is the bread of life that satisfies our hungry hearts. He is the water of life that quenches our thirsty souls. He is the solid rock that forms the foundation for our faith. He is the light that shines in our darkness. He is the one who takes us from despair to the lights of the discipleship. He is the almighty, all-powerful Son of God who radically changed any life and continues to do that. Yes, recognizing this eternal truth enables us to see people with new eyes. We spoke about how some of us come with various excuses to save ourselves if we were to be presented in a life and death situation. It is here where we all bring this human tendency to compare ourselves with the world, to compare ourselves by means of our works, our doings, our looks, our possessions with that of other people. However, there are some of us who also do the same, but instead 
We don't bring our goodness or the goodness that we think we have. We compare ourselves bringing our deficiencies. Some of us might be thinking, I don't have a job. I don't have a profession. I don't have many friends, many clothes, fancy vehicles. I don't have a motorbike. I don't have not even shoes to walk on. I have nothing. I have nobody. I have no one. Some of us are thinking right now, I am not worth saving. To you, my Bible is very clear. And so is yours when it says that Christ died for all so that the world that includes you may be saved. So there are two premises that remain here. Premise number one, you are worth saving, not because you or someone else thinks so, but because God thinks so. The creator of the universe, the owner of all things, he has determined that in this case, in your case, you can be saved. If God considers you worthy of dying for, do not let anyone, anything, and not even yourself, to believe otherwise. And now we have premise number two. The one that says that the same applies to other people, to those around you, regardless of who they are. Yes, my Adventist Reflections family, it is time to discontinue the ill way of thinking that many of us have about other people. If Christ died for them, even if he, if it is a drunkard, if Christ died for the smoker, if Christ died for the drug addicted, then you and I, we must start seeing them the way Christ sees them. He sees them as somebody who is worth dying for. It is the same Christ. It is the same Jesus who died on the cross for you. This is the way Christ sees people. And this is the way that we are to see such people. Even seeing that mom of yours who left you maybe as an orphan. Perhaps this is the way Jesus indeed sees your father who abandoned you. This is the way you are to see them. This is the way you are to see that boss who fired you. Or the one who left your heart broken, financially broken, or emotionally destroyed. The reality is that we have human eyes. And we must ask God to give us His eyes. At times our prejudice gets in the way of our witness. Our preconceived ideas get on the way and limit us on the ability that we have to reach them. Because we already think the worst out of them. Maybe this is you. But don't think for a second that people around you are not interested in spiritual things. That is a myth. The fact that people are genuinely interested in spiritual matters, it's around our faces every day. Because God places such a need from the moment He created us. One day I hear somebody saying that there is no way for some people to go back. They're saying there is no way these guys will be back. They have condemned themselves forever. They have rejected their salvation. There is no salvation for that whom rejects God's knowledge. And this is where it can be hard because we bring our own preconceived ideas, our filters of interpretation, our black and whiteness, as if given an ability to to judge other people, as if we are given the right to perceive other people's fate. And we justify it by the Bible too. Indeed, we bring ourselves to a position as if we are the only ones worth saving, the only ones worth having a shot. 
or multiple shots for that matter have been saved. Multiple opportunities at being Christ-like. It is here that practical Christianity comes to play a role. We must swallow our experiences. We must swallow our pride and perhaps, yes, perhaps even our trauma where we must seek God's help to see us well for what he sees. A point where we are reminded that if anyone had much to lose, well, that was God. It is time to remember that if Christ died for the domestically violent, the sexual offender, the murderer, the antisocial, and the psychopath, then we must think of them as of great value still, for it is God who brings all things under his judgment seat. Yes, my family, we must see everyone the way Christ sees them, a beautiful piece of creation with the potential of being restored to the image of God, with the potential of being given a new heart, with the potential of, of being given a likeness akin to God's glory. This is how God sees you, and this is how God wants you to see yourself in others. The question here is, where do you start? Or perhaps most importantly, when do you start? The answer is today. The idea that the gospel is for all people is beautifully illustrated in a fascinated dream given to Ellen White. This story is retold in the book Making Friends for God by Mark Finley. And it says this, Along with a large group of young people, a horse-drawn wagon carried supplies to a location filled with Wattleberry bushes. They also known as huckleberries and are either blue or red and they appear to be delicious. They are healthy too since they are full with various antioxidants. Ellen noticed the bushes filled with berries close to her wagon and began to pick them. Soon she had filled two full buckets of these. The others in her group scattered and came back eventually after a while with empty buckets. She admonished them that while they were looking for berries a distance away from the wagon, there were plenty of berries right before them if they will only open their eyes to see them. Her heavenly messenger impressed upon her mind that her dream contained a vital lesson about winning others for Christ. She explained the meaning of the dream in these words. You should be diligent. First, to pick the berries nearest to you, and then to search for those who are farther away. After that, you can return and work nearby again, and thus you will be successful. In light of this counsel, ask God to give you divinely enlightened eyes to see the people in your sphere of influence, people ready to receive God's truth. As God makes opportunities for you to see others the way He sees them, I invite you to be sensitive, be aware, be intentional about those opportunities around you. Be a friend, be a witness for God, and bring friends to Him. My name is Dr. Dancy, and today I choose to love God, praising Him for seeing potential in me, for paying a price and making me worth saving. Yes, today I choose to see others the way Christ sees them and pray that God reminds me of this daily to make my Christianity real. How about you? 
Hey family, have you listened to the other podcast in the Adventist Reflections Network? We have a couple of options for you. For those who speak Spanish, we have Charlas de Vida, Pan de Hoy y La Hora del Gluten. Also, for you who is listening to this, it's most likely that you don't speak Spanish or understand it, and that's okay. We also have Gluten Time with Dr. Denzi and Dr. Nard. In that podcast, you will find a different way of sharing ideas that build character. We are sure that you're going to enjoy it. Find it on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. Remember, Gluten Time podcast.